All right, Wrestling With Theology fans, it is Thursday, which means we are digging deeper into the Psalms, getting ever deeper into the longest book in the Bible. This week, we are looking at Psalms 94 and 95, Psalms that are beginning to become very familiar to us, especially 95 as it serves as the Venite in the service of Matins, but also the 90s tend to be the Psalms that we know the most outside of maybe the 23rd Psalm and Psalm 130 or so. Anyway, I am Pastor Doug Minton here to guide you as we dig deeper into these Psalms this week, especially seeing that even though we have God as a God of vengeance, He is also a God of grace. And that for those on whom He shares His grace, they are the sheep of His hand. So let's look at Psalm 94. O Lord, God of vengeance, O God of vengeance, shine forth. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Repay to the proud what they deserve. O Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked exult? They pour out their arrogant words, all the evildoers boast. They crush your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They kill the widow and the sojourner and murder the fatherless. And they say the Lord does not see, the God of Jacob does not perceive. Understand, O dullest of the people, fools, when will you be wise? He who planted the ear, does he not hear? He who formed the eye, does he not see? He who disciplines the nations, does he not rebuke? He who teaches man knowledge, the Lord knows the thoughts of man, that they are but a breath. Blessed is the man whom you discipline, O Lord, and whom you teach out of your law, to give him rest from days of trouble until a pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not forsake his people. He will not abandon his heritage. For justice will return to the righteous, and all the upright in heart will follow it. Who rises up for me against the wicked? Who stands up for me against evildoers? If the Lord had not been my help, my soul would soon have lived in the land of silence. When I thought my foot slips, your steadfast love, O Lord, held me up. When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. Can the wicked rulers be allied with you, those who frame injustice by statute? They band together against the life of the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. But the Lord has become my stronghold, and my God the rock of my refuge. He will bring back on them their iniquity and wipe them out for their wickedness. The Lord our God will wipe them out. So far, Psalm 94. So Psalm 94 is a very powerful psalm, a very provocative psalm, as we call upon the Lord as the God of vengeance. But of course, the vengeance is on those who don't follow his will, those who do not understand what he is saying to us in his word, those who refuse to be judged by him and by his word, those who want to make themselves gods, which is why they do whatever they want. And then David comes back to say, Understand, O dullest of the peoples, fools, when will you be wise? He who planted the ear, does he not hear? He who formed the eye, does he not see? The God who created you is the God who judges you. Because, after all, everything that we create, we judge. And that's goes from being able to build something to even this podcast, that I judge each one of them, seeing what I can do better with each of these podcasts and with each episode and what 
is doing well and what is being not received very well. Because in everything, God sees what is going on. Man thinks he can hide from God and hide his sins in the darkest corners of his heart and his mind, but God sees there because God created that. And so the evildoers pour out their arrogant words. They boast. They crush the people and they afflict the Lord's heritage. And this is, as we talked about Matins, this is part of the Te Deum. Pulling from Psalm 26 when we sing about it, but that God delivers his heritage, preserves it, so that it might truly see themselves as the sheep of his hand. Because otherwise, the widow and the sojourner and the fatherless have no say. They have nothing going for them except for themselves. And if they have their own personality that brings out some sort of charisma and infects other people. Otherwise, nobody else will stand up for them. It's just the Lord. But we have in Psalm four, or verse 14... The Lord will not forsake his people. He will not abandon his heritage. For justice will return to the righteous, and all the upright in heart will follow it. God talks over and over again, especially through Moses and into Hebrews as well, that he will not forsake his people. Although his people might forsake him, he is still there holding out his offer of forgiveness, his offer of strength, his offer of faith. It's still there, even if we don't want to take advantage of it. He still holds it out for everyone because God wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Therefore, he will not abandon his heritage and not just his heritage in the people of Israel and in the physical descendants of Jacob, but his heritage as in the whole earth, because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the Psalms say over and over again. We have this great joy of being God's heritage simply by being his creation. And therefore, we can say at the end of this psalm, the Lord has become my stronghold, my God, the rock of my refuge. He will bring back on them their iniquity and wipe them out for their wickedness. The Lord our God will wipe them out. And that is a promise that comes to the last day, that yes, God will wipe out all the wicked. Having just gone through Ash Wednesday, being reminded that we are dust and to dust we shall return. This year I'm doing a series of character sermons with witnesses to the crucifixion, last night was Judas Iscariot, the darkest chapter of this series. So do it first on Ash Wednesday, when we have the ashes on our foreheads in the shape of the cross, the cross that grants us the forgiveness, but the cross that would not have come about truly had Judas not betrayed Jesus because the rulers weren't willing to move against Jesus unless somebody betrayed him. But again, Jesus says, Woe unto him by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better had he never been born. 
That's forsaking the heritage. That is wiping out the wickedness. Is making it like it would be better if you had never been born than to live the life that you have lived. That is what God is going to wipe out on the last day. That is what God wipes out every time he forgives your sins. Whether it's in baptism, in the words of absolution, in the reception of his body and blood, in the bread and wine of Holy Communion. Every time you receive the forgiveness of your sins, you, all of that evil has been wiped out. All right, let's move on to Psalm 95. Again, this is, the first seven verses are the Venite in the service of Matins. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it and his hands form the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For forty years I loathed that generation and said, They are a people who go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Therefore I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So far, Psalm 95. The first seven verses for those of us who have matins on a regular basis are very familiar to us and remind us of the great things that come about from the praising of our Lord, that we start off matins from Psalm 51. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Then we go into the Venite, being started and ended with the Antiphon. O come, blessed be the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. O come, let us worship him, is the congregation's response. And then we hear the reasons why we come to worship him. We sing a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. We come into his presence with thanksgiving. And make a joyful noise with songs of praise. Why? For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. There is no other God who does any of the things that he does. There is no one who can even be considered close in comparison to the Lord. Why is that? We keep going on. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. Everything from the top of Mount Everest to the bottom of the Marianas Trench and even further down into the core of the earth are all his. He created all of them. He sustains all of them. Everything that we can see is his. Everything that we can't see is his also. The sea is his for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. As we get to the third day of creation and the dry land is brought forth out of the seas, that is the entirety of creation at that point. The dry land and the sea. And we continue to see this throughout history. 
but there are the people who are land lovers and the people who enjoy the sea. Many times, they don't trust the other side. Those who are on the sea typically see the land lovers as those who are just fixed in one spot, not free. They are suppressed by their own location. Whereas the land lovers typically think of the troubles that can come out in the open sea. And we see this in even Homer's Iliad and Odyssey, the struggles of being out in the open water. And you have many things going on throughout the scriptures that we could talk about of having those things where the ships are a luxury and not a necessary means of life. That comes from the earth. Because God told Adam, after he says, you are dust and to dust you shall return, you shall work the land. And by the sweat of your brow you shall eat bread. That is the great judgment, but also the great promise. So we ended again, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before our Lord, our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, the sheep of His hand. God often shows Himself as the shepherd. Whether it's Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, or John 10, I am the good shepherd. He has that relationship of the shepherd with the sheep. And you and I get to be called his sheep, get to be part of his flock, so that we may know his good and gracious will, so that we may be able to sing the songs of praise. So as we go on through the rest of the psalm, he gives us a history lesson here. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test. Now we go back to Exodus 17 for this, where Massa and Meribah come in. And this is right after the people leave Egypt through the Red Sea. They've gotten manna and quail. They have seen all of God's works. And then we get to chapter 17 of Exodus. All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages, according to the commandment of the Lord, and camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people grumbled against Moses and said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt, to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the quarreling of the people of Israel, and because they tested the Lord by saying, Is the Lord among us or not? What is Massa and Meribah? Typically testing and quarreling. And in all of it, not trusting in God to do the things that he has promised to do. Hardening our hearts to think that God means us evil and not good. 
And so he says, for 40 years, I loathe that generation. 40 years, they wandered around the wilderness because they would not listen. They would not soften their hearts, but kept hardening, kept quarreling, kept testing the Lord. And so he swore in his wrath, they shall not enter my rest. This is the great sadness of the final judgment. This is the great sorrow of hell, is that there is no rest. We have the cliche that there is no rest for the wicked, and that's absolutely true, because in hell there is no rest. There is only continual torment, because rest involves having the joys and pleasures of God there in your heart, in your mind, in your eyes, and covering all your senses, and even more. But in hell, it is nothing but torment. And that's exactly what the wilderness wandering of Israel was, a picture of hell on earth. And they never learned. I mean, even their children who would cross the Jordan River into the Promised Land still didn't learn. Because, yes, we are all sinners. We are all dust. We will all return to the dust because we will all die because of our sin. But God has promised us, because he calls us the sheep of his hand, the people of his pasture, that he will give us that rest if we but trust in him. All right, that's it for this week in Psalms 94 and 95. I thank you for being here. Be back Monday for Confessional Corner. Come back next week. We get into Psalms 96 and 97. Again, continuing on with singing to the Lord a new song as we go about the great and gloriousness of digging deeper into the Psalms so that you may be well equipped to wrestle with the theologies around you. Amen.